welcome to the First Intuition Student Forum podcast. On this episode, myself and Kelly are joined with her school friend, Lucy. As a successful entrepreneur, she talks about motivation, what's motivated her, and some tips to help you get motivated with your studies. We recorded the session in front of a live Zoom audience, and if you'd like to join a future show, you can register for them. There'll be a link in our show notes. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the First Intuition Student Forum podcast. My name is Ben Bullman, and I'm joined this evening by a fellow guest host, Kelly O'Donovan. Hello, Kelly. Hi, Ben. Nice to see you this evening and nice to see everyone who's joined us live. And hello to anyone who's listening on the recorded podcast. How is your week going? It's another Wednesday. It's um, 20 past six. Are you having a good week, Kelly? Yeah, it's yeah, it's going well. I've had a couple of client visits this week, which is always nice to hear about how they're getting on with their businesses, getting feedback about how their apprentices and students are getting on in their workplace. So it's been a good week for me. How about yourself, Ben? Um, having a good one. I'm sure this will resonate with a lot of people. You'll either have been in this situation or you've potentially got it coming up in the next few weeks. We go on holiday on Friday. And I am now battling with a to-do list that is coming down, but increasingly I am running out of um, days and more importantly, running out of hours for a couple of bits that I've kind of promised myself that I will get done before we head off. Mm -hmm. So um, the next next 48 hours are are critical hours to get sorted. We're off to the airport at about three o'clock on Friday. I'm not jealous at all about your lovely <laughs> holiday, but some key focus prioritization time management needed over the next couple of days. Definitely. But I've promised myself and more importantly, I've promised Ellie, my wife and the kids that I'm not taking a laptop with me. I'm not checking my phone. I'm tempted to not even take my mobile phone on holiday. The kids mm-hmm. have got theirs. Ellie's got hers with all the stuff we need for the holiday on it. So I'm, I'm tempted to just leave my whole mobile phone behind. Um, but we'll see. I might I think, that one. <laughs> I would say that sounds like a whole separate podcast that we need to have, isn't it? <laughs> I think on that. So I'm not sure I'm ready yet. But maybe we need to have that kind of discussion as a separate podcast at, at some point, switching off how, how, how you manage to do it. <laughs> yeah, well, I will report back my findings at the, the, the end of July when we return. But this evening, we're not talking about my holiday plans. We are talking about the topic of motivation. I'm conscious this is a time of the year, but I guess it happens throughout the whole year that students sometimes have that dip. They have that bit of a lull and it's harder to get themselves going. I think this time of the year, there is a lot going on. Friends and family are probably going out and doing things like barbecues and holidays. And that's great stuff. And I'm not discouraging anybody from going out and having some fun. But I also know people have got exams looming. We are up against the deadline for the AAT syllabus that a few students have mentioned tonight on the the, the forum in the chat box. So time is quite critical. And I thought motivation would be a good topic of conversation. Kelly, you've come to my rescue and I'm not going to introduce her, but you have magicked up a wonderful guest for us this evening. So I will let you do the introductions. Yes, yes, I have. So this is uh, one of my good friends, Lucy, who I've known for over 20 years. And when, Ben, we looked at the topic tonight on motivation, planning, tying in the kind of being organised, you know, getting yourself to be able to do something, um, 
Lucy just came to came to my mind in terms of someone that I if I thought who is good at being motivated to get a task done it's this lady here so (laughs) I thought she'd be a brilliant guest to help provide perhaps a different insight and different sort of tools and techniques about how we can stay motivated and organized to get things done whether that is studying for an exam I think a lot of the topics we're going to talk about today overlap into work life in general um, and also those techniques that you can even use from a home life family life I think point of view as well so I'll pass over to Lucy just to introduce herself and tell us a little bit of a very quick superhero story it's what we normally do isn't it Ben quick sort of origins origin story for a moment or two so we understand her background (laughs) oh well thank you so much Kelly and um, Ben it's a pleasure to put a face to a name because I have I have listened to the podcast Kelly will often ping me an episode she thinks is of interest so um, it's really nice to be here with you and um, also with the students that will be listening Um, so yeah my origin story I, I Kelly and I met at school we went to quite a particularly um driven school the whip was cracked hard and um we had excellence drilled into us but this was my kind of gravy like I thrive on this kind of stuff you know being pushed being challenged so um I I left uh I went through I was a straight A student um uh went off to university went to Loughborough studied sports science um and then kind of life um takes you on forked paths and, and quite by chance I ended up uh starting my own business um a dance school um not what I had intended on my life plan but um an opportunity presented itself and I ran with it um, and I've run that now for over 20 years. Um, pre-pandemic, I employed a staff of 18. We had over a thousand students, um, four centres across Kent, where I live. Um, uh, when the pandemic hit and we were forced to close, I kind of dug down into my entrepreneurial roots. And I was looking at um, the computer systems that, that perhaps drive small business. And I started a, a software development company, which then when the real world got going again, I, I sold my way out of to focus on um, and that's going to be a big thing of motivation is focus. So just to focus on my main business. Um, yeah, I am all areas of my life. So I'm a busy working mum. I've got three kids. Um, I juggle the, the pressures of a household alongside entrepreneurs business. And then I also dabble with some in-school teaching as well. Um, so for me, you have to be motivated. You have to stay on your A game in all areas at all times and for me it is the organization and planning that sees me through all of this I'm not about stress I don't want to live my life uh, on statins or something like that I want to have a balance um, but I still pursue excellence and I I still pursue positive outcomes um, and I achieve my goals by maintaining that motivation really really working hard on my organization and just making sure that I know where I want to end up and I work at how to get there and then it's not a guessing game it's just following a plan Right. Really, well, th- loads there that we can unpick and and hopefully break <laughs> down. So I'd made a few notes before we came on air, and it it resonates completely with what you've just said there. Um, life is hard, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, things are tough, and we have to kind of struggle. We have to battle through, and that requires an element of self motivation. And where I was going to start was to kind of think about the reason we do things. So you've talked about setting up a business and some of the challenges I'm sure that has presented. Has there been one or a few things that you've come back to time after time to kind of draw that reason why you're doing what you're doing, Lucy? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, there've been some. There's been some challenges. The, the life pitches and rolls. You know, it's a bit like a tide. Sometimes it's in, sometimes it's out. You kind of have to. You have to roll with life's punches. We've had some challenges with the the you know the 2008 financial crash. We've had some challenges with COVID. And at those moments, I have sort of thought, would it not be easier to just go and get a nine to five somewhere and you know just fill the fill the account with what we need? But that's not the spirit of why I do what I do. So for me, it's, it's what do I want? So I think, you know, and this is a, this is, this resonates hopefully with those taking exams. What do I want? What is, what do I want from life? And for me, it's about having autonomy over my time, my decisions. If I want an extension on my house, for example, I can work out how much uh, that would cost. I can work out is there a factor of my business that I could work on to generate that revenue? Is there a second revenue stream that I could do? So it's all about the end goal. And I think in life, we sort of can compartmentalize ourselves into one of two categories, uh, broadly speaking, um, goal oriented or task oriented. For me, the goal setting and knowing where I want to end up is the thing that motivates me. And I know I've achieved that goal when I've crossed the finish line and I have what it is I've set out to do. There needs to be a modicum of task orientation in my mindset, because if I don't enjoy the process, I'm not going to reach that goal. But for some of us, I think um, that sort of staying motivated by simply focusing on the small tasks, setting those goals, you've got your, your, your ultimate why but you need your stepping stones along the way. Um, and I think identifying within yourself, such as I have, what, what motivates you. For me, the end point motivates me and I will keep going till I get there. Um, for others, it might be smaller achievements along the way that, that set them. But for me, it's always about knowing where I want to be. And for right now for that, it's life balance, being able to be at sports day, being able to say, right, yeah, I'm going to take this time off. 13 weeks of the school holidays, I'm going to have those off because I have, set up my life so as to be able to do that and that that motivates me my children I suppose um that's my goal right now Lucy thank you Kelly um maybe over to you what what are some of the reasons why you've kind of picked yourself up and gone again or motivated yourself to do something I would echo, I think, with Lucy's comments there about trying to find out, you know, thinking about what is your inner why, like what is the goal that you're trying to achieve? And I think it's also important for us to realize that that goal may change during your life. So when I was, you know, training to be an accountant, my goal was I want to be a chartered accountant. Why? Because I knew that was going to give me the career freedom to go and do different things, to be able to work potentially in different countries, that kind of sense of sense of achievement is quite important to me as well, because I chose that direction instead of, say, going to university, which was really against everything that we had ever been kind of educated towards at the school I went went to as well. So it was at that stage in my life I had a very clear almost I think that for me as well, having that vision, kind of like picturing, you know, picturing yourself of what it is that you can see yourself doing. And for our students that are sitting here, you know, you know, they're going through tough exams. You might be halfway through your AAT or getting stuck on that SEMA exam. It's what is that that goal? And I think with anything in life that's worthwhile, it's probably not going to be easy to get it. Um, and if it was easy, it probably wouldn't then give you that satisfaction that you're looking for at that particular time 
you know so once I got to that it's then thinking about other goals you know and some of my goals in the past and visions have been you know to be able to have that autonomy that's one of the reasons why I suppose I joined first intuition to be able to have that or to have the responsibility and autonomy to be able to make decisions that I knew were going to be right for our students and our clients and hence moving away from a corporate environment to more of an entrepreneurial you know setting up your your own business but now again as I I get older and there's more family demands that goal changes further and it is about making sure actually do you know what I would quite like to enjoy a holiday where I haven't got to be chained to my laptop or worried about what call's going to come in because everyone's reliant on me and I see more of my goal now as being able to facilitate those kind of responsibilities sort of down to my team to give them opportunities to to develop themselves but also then for me to actually get to a point now where I say I'm not on call 24 seven because as much as that's fine at some points in your life and you absolutely love it you've got to be careful that love doesn't become something that then reverses and eats away at you so I think having passion for what you do feeling and knowing knowing what that end point is have you anything anything different for you Ben than we've mentioned there I, I think lots of similarities I think I would encourage people to really think about what they want and really want it. That's what drives me. Um, My family is a big motivator for me. I remember when I first joined First Intuition, my wife bought me a key ring with a picture of the two girls on and I've still got that key ring. And if I'm having a bit of a lull, I think, why am I doing it? Why am I getting out of the house this early in the morning again? I see that key ring. It just reminds me, oh, it's because I'm provided for my kids. They are proud of me. I am proud of myself. And I think sometimes we we lose a bit of sight of that self-esteem and the ability to hold your head up and think, yes, I have achieved. I've worked really hard for this and I deserve it. And nothing beats that feeling. Kelly, we've been there, haven't we? When you get the results, when you get the certificate, it is the best feeling in the world because you can really think I've made it. Mm, I have to say, if, if you lose the love for that Mm. you are struggling it is much harder to motivate yourself if you are not a believer of where you're going to get to that's when it becomes really really challenging and you talked about falling out of love with things that's when it's so much harder we know what students are doing is is tough it is a big sacrifice and if you're not fully committed to it if you're doing it more to please somebody else than genuinely please yourself you are struggling Mm. Absolutely. And say anything worthwhile is normally hard work. And, you know, on the journey just to get qualified, that's only just part of your journey. So, you know, yes, it's going to be a tough journey, but you don't want that journey to be unnecessarily long either. So you've got to break almost those life goals in, in, in into stages. You know, make the journey as fun as you can, accept it's going to be hard, but don't make it longer than it needs to be either. Let's talk a bit about inspiration. That was the next thing I noted down. Really interested to know, um, I'll come to, to Lucy first, maybe. Is there anything you do to get inspiration, to get positivity? If you're feeling a bit down and you want that kind of boost, Lucy, where, where would you go? So I have several answers to this question. It, and it really depends on environment, time and availability and also weather. So first of all, I've got a go-to soundtrack on Spotify that that is called Let's Do This. And it's got the little arm emoji, the little strong arm emoji. Um, and I know those tracks, they're fast paced. 
they 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 evoke a feeling of yeah let's get on let's do so that that is my first go to if i can align the stars the weather my school run timetable and meetings etc to allow me to walk while listening to that i'm absolutely in the zenith of inspirational uh, achievement there if i think there is something very primal very uh rooted within us all to walk and i think taking a walk being out in nature breathing for a moment i mean ideally you'd be in a green space but even just getting out on the pavement and that that repetitive you know hitting the pavement hitting the road there's something within that that just gets the blood flowing gets the mind thinking gets me away from the dishes in the house or the paperwork in the office and uh, i find that very inspiring particularly uh, in good weather <laughs> I will go out in the rain, but it wouldn't be my choice. <laughs> well, hopefully we're recording this episode at the right time of the year. There, there should be plenty more weeks of good weather yet to come over the summer for people to take that advice, Lucy, um, and, and get out. Kelly, what about you? If you need a bit of a, a boost, a bit of inspiration, where do you go? Um, I do like music. So if I'm under a lot of pressure and I've got a very tight deadline, then again, some motivational music to get you a bit more pumped up and ready. I know some people kind of, I know some people work well, sort of listening to music and studying at the same time doesn't work for others. I think there's various studies that show kind of pros and pros and cons of, of that approach. So I think that's kind of depends what works, you know, works for you. I think as well for me, community and connection, so particularly where you are finding struggles. So, you know, if you're studying, you're finding it hard. I think of having someone to talk to. So having peers, you know, your tutors where, you know, where you can create that sort of community of being able to share those experiences and help each other out. I know over the years, although Lucy runs a slightly different type of business to me, there are huge similarities when you run a business and you're dealing with people and you're managing finances and you know dealing with cash flows. So actually we've spent you know many an hour sound sort of you know sounding off ideas with one another. So Yes, I totally agree. Making sure you've got that mental space to be able to switch off and have downtime to help motivate and inspire, but also community and connection, if you can. For me, that also, I think, helps get me sort of um, inspired to, right, right, I can do this. Right, let's crack on. Let's let's get it done then. Um, And I like the way we kind of segue there. It was as if we planned it and we genuinely (laughs) haven't. Um, because I, I was going to go on and talk about the role of a tutor. And I think increasingly, as I get a bit older and maybe a bit wiser as a, a tutor, I realise, yes, I've got a job to do to explain a syllabus. But actually, a lot of our role as a tutor, Kelly, I think, is to inspire people, to motivate them, to give them positivity, to try and give them some energy back and engage them in whatever we are doing but more importantly, engage them to kind of then go off for the next week of self-study and actually make some progress before we get back together. So I would encourage everybody to try and find a group of people or at least a person that they can use for that inspiration. And that flows into my next bit about the kind of sharings of the ups and the downs. It's not all going to be ups, is it? As, As I'm sure you two will testify we probably have more downs than we have ups. 
but it's getting out of those downs and still making progress forward that really is the driver and that the motivation to kind of keep going. Um, what's your what's your kind of experiences, Lucy, of maybe kind of sharing some of the setbacks or sharing some of the successes with other people, people in your team, people in your family? Yeah, I think, you know, um, we had a little brief chat before we came on tonight and there was something Kelly said that resonated with me. And it's that um, the 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 failures or the, uh, the the moments where you don't perhaps achieve that perfect outcome are your greatest learning opportunities. And I think uh, a, a buzzword that when we, Kelly and I will see when she says many an hour, she means many a hundred of hour. You you have to find your tribe in life. And Kelly and I at, the, at a quite young age found uh, a kinship that has carried through. And as she said, although we do have different businesses, the challenges that we face are quite common, you know, B2B, B2C, there are common cause in all of this that 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 we experience and we soundboard off. But I think for me, it is the it's the areas where I have made the greatest mistakes that have um, inspired me to want to do better or inspired me to go a little deeper. They expose there's nowhere to hide when something goes wrong, when you find that your knowledge was lacking or your decision making uh, led you down a path that, that, that led to an outcome you would have hoped wouldn't have happened. But when all laid bare, you pick that apart. And you reframe. And that's been a real buzzword that Kelly and I have had in our chats is about reframing it. Yeah, you could sit and have a little pity party and you're allowed that for a certain amount of time. Dwell on it. Feel sad for it. You know, you fail the exam. You, you don't get the, the deadline. You know, you didn't make the, 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 the grade you were hoping for. Definitely take that on board. Feel the sadness. But then look at why. And and if you can kind of reframe it and go, right, well, there are some opportunities here to do this again and maybe achieve better, to deepen my understanding of something, to um, kind of work harder, work smarter and 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 come out of this better. Um, so for me, I suppose the handling of lockdown would be an example. The first lockdown, um, I just froze the business. I just I mothballed it and I thought that's fine. It's only going to be a couple of weeks. Um, that was in the March. <laughs> we reopened as a business in September under extremely difficult social distancing measures, which for a social things such as dance and singing, we weren't allowed to do. Drama was really difficult. Um, so the performing arts school really struggled there. Um, then we hit a second lockdown. Now in Kent, where we're from, we grew our own variant. The uh, the I think it went on to colonize the entire world. So we rolled from lockdown two into lockdown three without break. Now, during that time, I moved my business online and I, uh, I would, I would champion that really as being quite a great success because, uh, and, and, and my go-to for that was Toblerone. Um, there are 11 triangles in a, in a, uh, a, a Toblerone, a large Toblerone. And I had 11 tasks that I needed to do. They were hefty, getting legal releases for people to be able to show video of their children in their home, changing my insurance, etc. all of those different things. And with each one I achieved, I, got, I granted myself a triangle of Toblerone. And that was a massive motivator, but it was a huge success. I, in lockdown one, kept thinking, thank God we've mothballed. There's no way I could have moved our classes online. And in lockdown two, I realized this wasn't going away and I had to take it on. And I surpassed what I would have thought. So that, I suppose, is both a failing and a, and a, and a positive all in one. You know, I think um, overcoming challenges and 
just realizing that, and this is to all of us, everybody listening, we are all capable of more than we think we are. We just have to drill down what it is we want to outcome to be and then work out how to get there. Brilliant advice. Um, And brings me to two R's that were on my list. One was reward. (laughs) The 11, 11? There's 11, yeah. I mean, there was... Since that time, there has been a slight shrinkification of a Toblerone, and I will say I notice it, but the reward is just as sweet. <laughs> I was going to talk about Jaffa Cakes from that perspective. They are my go-to reward. If I can put them on the side, they have to be away. If they're on my desk, I'm fighting a losing battle because I can't, I can't avoid the temptation. But if I put them away and think, right, if I can do 20 minutes or I get that email that I've been dreading writing, but I get it done and get it sent, then I'm going to wander over and, and have a, a Jaffa cake. Kelly, what's your go to reward? Yeah, I was going to say, I, don't, I was reflecting while you were both talking. I thought, I don't think my reward is actually food based. Um, for me, I think it's it's time, but then time to do something for me now again this varies depending on stages of my of my life at the moment very sad to say that I'll be like right I need to get my inbox cleared I need to get that done because I've got last night's episode of Love Island to watch so (laughs) that will then be my I know that will then be my reward to watch that because it's nice easy, easy watching when I was studying I worked two jobs. So I was trained to be an accountant. I also worked a Saturday job as well um, and studied for my exams. So I'm always, you know, kind of of the opinion that if you want something, you can prioritise your time to get it done because it is a priority at that time for you. So you can find the time. Um, And for me, I also had a horse, which was my big passion when I was younger. So for me, the reward would be that I would then be able to go and spend time and go riding but I wouldn't be able to do that if I didn't get my work done. Cause I always had that, like in the back of my mind, I don't know if you've ever had this, almost like that little nagging guilt that's there. Mm-hmm. And you can't, you can't get rid of it's sort of just there hanging, isn't it around. And even if you go, Oh, well let's, oh, I'll put it off till tomorrow and I'll go out with my friends, maybe to the cinema or go out for a night out. It's still there hanging. And it's such a weight off, isn't it? A, like a clearing of a, a fog when you can put that away because you have done what you know you needed to by that time and then you can enjoy that time so for me it's the enjoyment of the time guilt free I think there's a a double win there isn't there because one if you do the task and then you get the reward you really feel you've earned it and I think there's a lot of sense of I've earned this this is mine now whether it's one of the 11 triangles in a Toblerone Jaffa cake or (laughs) a morning hack out on a horse, whatever floats your boat. I'm still not sold on Love Island. Um, you can tell me about the new bombshell after we've finished recording this evening. Um, but you've also got the second benefit of that, doing it guilt-free, which I think is psychologically something different, but also a very powerful factor. Um, we've all been there where we've we've had the reward too early. Yep. And then in the back of your mind, you're kind of almost doing it with all of the doubts and the regrets and the the feeling of, I'm not enjoying this because I know I haven't actually done the the hard yards yet. 
So yeah. um, that's a brilliant observation, Kelly. And that applies, doesn't it, though, throughout life? You've got the study that you're doing. But, you know, I don't have to study anymore for an exam, <laughs> luckily. You know, I still remember the pain. Um, but I have a job to do as well. So it, it's the same. It's the same with that. And my role, you know, in the role that I'm in is very unstructured as well. So it can become quite easy to put something off. But it's yeah, I think, mag- mag- I think I think that's something that um, certainly when you are for me running my own business, there'sn't I have nobody to be accountable to, and that can be quite tricky at times. I have to just be accountable to myself. So, you know, there's that unstructure, uh, unstructured day. If I did nothing um, and I just deferred everything to a later date, it is just myself, the nag from within, and you know that that is enough to want to not go there like don't don't take that reward early don't slack off till you've achieved the task because otherwise you are just doing it all with this massive cloud over you um and and that just yeah erodes some of the enjoyment surely i think we also need to be careful though that we don't set ourselves up for failure because we need to be setting a sensible task. I can just see students here going, well, I'm never going to be able to get to that reward because I haven't done every single of the 300 questions in my question bank. You know, and then then it starts turning into you losing the passion. It becomes a chore and you start this downward cycle of I don't like doing it. I can't get rid of that guilt. And then you put it off. So I think actually thinking about what that task is and making sure it is achievable before you to get yourself that reward is quite important. Otherwise, it could then work against you. And that actually comes back to my second R. We've had the reward, but my other R was the the realism, mm. understanding that we talk, Kelly, in budgeting, don't we, about an ideal standard. Anybody doing level four studies will hopefully be aware of the different ways we come up with standards. And the ideal standard is the, the perfect outcome. And I think as we all get a bit older, we realise there's never going to be a perfect outcome. There is always going to be something that goes slightly wrong and there's going to be compromises and not beating yourself up about that. Realising that kind of things happen. Um, Lucy, Kelly, me, we're of a similar age. We've all talked about we've got children now about to go through kind of school exams. Um, Lucy, you had a a good insight with with your straight A student. persona and and getting a b back in the day <laughs> yeah we're gonna out me publicly here now I, I hold my hands up I got a b in physics at GCSE and it haunted me it, it haunts me still now but that's been a really important lesson over the years I have I have um always strived for perfection because I have had in my mind why would you go for anything less why why go for anything but absolute perfection and over the years one of my most difficult learning journeys I suppose has been that 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 is a not helpful and b not healthy um, and c not necessary I think um, so Kelly and I have uh, our eldest sons are just two weeks apart and, and next year they embark upon their beginning of their GCSE journeys um we went to a school where anything less than an a really was 
regarded somewhat culturally as a bit of a failing and um they're going through the beginnings of this journey now and my main aim for my son is that he won't turn out like that i don't want him to make the sacrifices and the compromises on a personal level that i did to get those straight a's because ultimately it's about opening the next door in your life and realism dumping the pursuit of perfectionism and kind of working out what you need to open the next door is a far more healthy perspective and actually in work and business when you have to make priorities and you have to decide well where should I portion my energy the needless pursuit of perfectionism is just a waste of everybody's time and energy I think and the accounting exams aren't a hundred percent, and we see this, don't we, with some of the students, Ben? And they're like, oh, they're beating themselves up because they're getting in the nineties. You know, some of the exams, the pass mark is set at fifty percent, which is hard enough, and it's trying to get that that balance, that balance right. Um, as you say whether it's an exam, and then with that perfectionism, you're either going spending far too much time on it at the compromise of something else, which often will then link back to your health, whether it is binge eating, eating unhealthy things, not taking time for enough exercise, getting yourself unnecessary, unnecessarily stressed. Um, and yeah, it, it can then obviously transpire into, into work as well sometimes. So I would certainly echo on that point too. I think that balance is very important. This is not us messaging saying set yourself low standards. We want everybody to have aspirations to improve, to be the best they can be. But with that sense of realism, that if you aim for perfection, you are always going to fall short. And isn't it interesting, the observation, Lucy, that you you are probably more forgiving of other people than you are of yourself? I think that's something that maybe we could all take a bit of store from, that you're, you're acknowledging for your son, you don't want that kind of pursuit of perfection, stifling, actually enjoying achieving Um, Definitely, definitely. And, you know, something I want to share, which has been, um, which I think is a really, really helpful tool. I know at this particular time of recording, there's been some discussion earlier in the student forum about um, the uh, syllabus coming to an end um, and making sure that achievements are made um, in a timely manner. And at this stage, my youngest enters the room. Hang on a sec. (laughs) Out you go. We may be joined by a four year old here. So who knows where this is going? So what I wanted to um, share was uh, working out where you want to finish. So for those who who want to achieve getting their their 2016 syllabus addressed before the deadline. OK, so there's your end goal. And, and you, you just need to pass all of those modules, get them in the bank. So now you need to work out the steps backwards. So if I want to be going into an exam well prepared, I want to at least 48 hours before that exam know that I have completed my program of study that I've set myself so that I'm able to then focus on on sleep. Because we know science tells us uh, studies have shown that in order to get that adequate recall, we need to be well rested. So I, I always want to finish my studies a good 48 hours ahead of time so I can prioritize sleep. So then I need to look at breaking down the syllabus, t- looking at what the requirements of that exam are and breaking down the steps that will get me to that point where I have the full knowledge to go competently into that exam and make achievement. And then I just need to work out how much time I realistically think each of those is going to take, add 10% for underestimation. And then you've got uh, a kind of a fallback slack hand of time. 
and then you know when to start. And the other point that I make with that, especially when there's a deadline looming, is that let's just take an arbitrary value of 10 hours, okay? Let's just say in a wishful world, it's just gonna take 10 hours to revise for that exam. Those 10 hours exist now or they exist in the future. If you defer them to the future, you're spending emotional, mental energy contemplating those 10 hours, as well as then during the 10 hours, as we've just lost Lucy there, I think, very slightly. I know she, I, yeah. You're needing to do those 10 hours. Yeah. Whereas if you <laughs> now, oh no, you froze. Oh, how ironic when I talk about don't defer things and then I freeze. Um, you just, you just just need to rip the band-aid get it done it's your journey now not in the future you know make it a now yeah I really like that don't you again the 10 hours doesn't change it's still 10 hours whether it's this week or next week but actually if you leave it to next week it's a little bit more than 10 hours because of all of that mental capacity that you have taken up procrastinating about it you defer it another week that 10 is then compounded to be like a big compounding calculation isn't it that 10 is probably building up by 10 percent each week that you defer it I feel like we've almost come full circle there guys because we talked and one of the main reasons Kelly said I wanted Lucy to come on was your organization and your drive and I think that they are two things really that are brilliant takeaways to kind of sum up at the end of the session um get yourself organized if you're there thinking I need to do something get it organized get it planned work it backwards the 10 hours are the same but allocate those 10 hours and don't wait it is far too easy to say well I'll start this plan next week that is too late there are hours before then start it tomorrow start it tonight start it as soon as you take your headphones out have been listening to the podcast mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be hours Ben, because we haven't got time to go into detail but i was just researching a little technique called the pomodoro technique or the tomato technique which came from um someone who basically came up with they had one of those tomato timers in their kitchen so they used that they, were, they couldn't get down to doing some work so they thought right i'm going to set a timer for 10 minutes and well i'm just going to do work for just 10 minutes solely focus on it not look at my phone look at anything, just 10 minutes and when it buzzes i'll then stop you did a lot of research into it how, how effective it is so i haven't got time to go into detail that must be a whole nother podcast but the rule is is you break down your study cycles or your work tasks into 30 minute chunks you get yourself a timer okay so it could be a timer on your phone maybe or those old-fashioned kitchen timers that you used to be able to get and you set 25 minutes The idea is it's 25 minutes on the timer for that only 25 minutes. It's sole focus, no interruptions, no flicking onto your email, laser focus for 25 minutes. Timer goes off. You must stop. You must stop. You give yourself a five minute break and that five minute break ideally away from screens. You come back, you do your next tranche of 25 minutes. And for every three tomatoes, you then should give yourself a 15 or 20 minute break. And you take the tasks that you've got to do and you allocate how many tomatoes of time you then need for each of them. So, again, we often put things off. because I haven't got hours. Have you got 25 minutes? 25 minutes? If you haven't got 25 minutes, start with just 15 then or start with 10. I think I've talked about this before because 10... It's better than zero. Fabulous. I'm off to 
go to the kitchen to dig out a timer because I have got a couple <laughs> of bits I could really do with getting done tonight. Um, <laughs> things to tick off my pre-holiday to-do list. And so, yeah, if I can find a, a timer in the kitchen, I'm going to use your tomato timer technique, Kelly. Fantastic. Not mine, but I, I say have a look at it online. The Pomodoro technique is what it's called. Guys, I'm looking at the clock. We are out of time. It is one minute to seven o'clock. Lucy, thank you so much. I knew from the moment I saw your smiley, <laughs> positive face when I logged in, I need a bit of motivation tonight. I've driven back from Ipswich. I've had quite a busy day. And just seeing you smiling on the screen, I thought this is going to be a great session. And you have not disappointed. You've been fantastic. Thank you. No, oh, you're very kind, Ben. Thank you so much. And thanks for the opportunity to kind of wrap up years of slog into a kind of succinct bubble that hopefully your students and listeners will, will find helpful and yeah thank you so much for having me it's been a pleasure brilliant and hopefully we might have you back kelly thank you for co-hosting no problem at all ben as always it's a pleasure thank you everyone for listening and for joining us live those of you who have have a fantastic week brilliant i'm off to buy an 11 segment toblerone to give myself some motivation <laughs> for tomorrow um and on that note i will end the podcast we will see you again soon on the next episode thank you all very much